0: The Real Estate Sessions is sponsored by AdWorks. AdWorks makes digital advertising brilliantly simple. Choose your zip code and build your brand. Enter an address and promote your listings. Or upload your list and stay top of mind with your sphere of influence. And if you go to adworks.com slash Bill Risser, you'll do more than just build brand awareness or nurture your network. Right now, you get to save 15% off your purchase and I get to send 10% to the Colon Cancer Alliance, an organization that means a great deal to me. That's AdWorks.com slash Bill Risser.
1: That's having a relationship with somebody and having repeat business. We have a tremendous amount of repeat business. Um, but having those kind of relationships and building relationships and being there when people need you, uh, to me, is, is 100% of the deal. Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions, where industry leaders share their stories and offer tips and advice to real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida.
0: Hello again everybody and welcome to episode 100 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. I can't tell you how excited I am to hit this milestone. Who would have thunk it? Way back when 2 years ago when I was chatting with Jay Thompson about being guest number 1 that, that I would make it to this number and so excited, and now I really can't wait to make it to 200 because we're going to continue this. I love learning about people. I love finding out what makes them tick, and I love when they share information that helps uh, the rest of the real estate professionals out there. So thank you for listening. Thank you for telling a friend. Thank you for everything, for making this uh, this fun journey of mine possible. For episode 100, I'm going to go very local. I've, I wanted to have somebody here in Pinellas County, where I live and work, uh, that could be guest 100. And who better than the top agents in the entire Gulf Coast area, the west coast of Florida. Her name is Martha Thorne. She's with Coldwell Banker. Her team is called the Thorne Collection. Uh, She is one of the top 250 real estate agents in the world, according to the Wall Street Journal, really a powerhouse in the uh, Tampa Bay area. And I can't wait to get this thing started. So let's get it going. Welcome to the podcast, Martha.
1: Thank you. I'm delighted to be here.
0: Well, I'm really excited to talk to you. You're one of the I think you're the second realtor I've talked to in Florida since I've been here and I'm looking forward to talking to more. But um, you know, the Thorn Collection is is a is a pretty big deal. And I wanna ask you, I think you're you're a Bay Area native. Am I right about that?
1: I'm no, I am not. I was born in New York City and came here when I was two years old.
0: So uh did you relocate to Pinellas County at two? Came
1: to St. Petersburg. Yes. Perfect. My so, family had a, a there was a family house, my mother's parents had a house in St. Petersburg and they let her bring us here to awesome.
0: race us. Awesome. So I'm obviously you're still here, so obviously you love <laughs> the Gulf Coast of Florida. Let's talk about that for a second. Um, I've been here in St. Petersburg seven months, lived downtown, absolutely love the place. I'm told by a lot of people it's changed a bit in the last, you know, say ten or fifteen years. But you've been here longer than that. Tell me about the growth, the development, maybe what St. Petersburg was like back in the day.
1: Well, actually, St. Petersburg in that downtown area started out as a little shopping area. There was Moss Brothers Department Store there, a bunch of little boutique stores on Beach Drive. And then it went downhill, it, just like most downtown areas did. And everything was deserted. The Moss Brothers went out of business. The little stores went out of business. Now it has just been rejuvenated by the condo the condos that have been built there, the businesses, the restaurants that have come in. I watched the Vinoy close twice in my life uh, lifetime. Um, And so it's really been when they reopened the way they are now, I think they revitalized the downtown as well. So it's really had a lot of change.
0: How about how about the whole Pinellas County as a whole? I mean, I I kept hearing from people that um, they referred to St. Petersburg as God's waiting room. Is that you remember hearing that before?
1: Yeah, I was there when uh, St. Petersburg had the green benches. And that's what people did, is just sat on the green benches. And then they came up with this brilliant idea to paint the green benches pastel colors because they felt that that would change the image of the green bench city. It didn't, uh, it just looked silly. Uh, you know, so so there have been a lot. I was there when the first pier was there, and you used to be able to go in there and buy turtles with their uh, painted on the backs with Florida on the back of them until they decided that that was illegal. You used to buy baby alligators. So and Howdy Doody, uh I was on Howdy Duty show in the pier when he came there and performed one time. So so I've seen a lot of changes, a lot of changes, all for the good now.
0: Right. You, it, I want to talk about the pier for a second because it's the project's up again. They finally come up with a new design, and I don't. I didn't realize this for the first few months I was here in Florida that the Saint Petersburg pier has gone through many different versions over the last fifty, sixty years. Right.
1: Well, actually, two, I believe. The original pier was a Mediterranean-type building, and that was the original pier that I'm aware of. And then they tore that down, and Bill Harvard, was, uh, who was a friend of my mother's, was the architect, and he designed an upside-down uh, triangle, or pyramid, so to speak. And right. that was the pier that they just told, tore down in the last couple of years.
0: And now they're putting and another— And now they're putting a new s- one, correct. Yeah, so here we go again. It'll be great. Exactly. Yeah, Good. You went to college or university here in the state. You went to University of South Florida, right?
1: I, I had several colleges that I went to, yes. Okay. I went started out at Salem College, which is a girls' college in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Okay. And then uh, went to – did a, a couple of classes at University of Virginia. I went to St. Andrews Presbyterian College from Salem and then got married and then did a couple of classes at University of Virginia. Then I came back here and graduated, yes, from USF.
0: USF. And yeah. so you uh, at USF – my guess is becoming a realtor wasn't probably like a top priority or something you were thinking about at that time, right?
1: That's correct. No, absolutely not. And I never even gave it any consideration.
0: What were you going to be when you got out of USF? What did you do?
1: Teacher. Yeah, I majored in education, and uh, and that was my goal was to become a teacher.
0: And you did that here? Did you work in the Pinellas County area?
1: Actually, never. Well, yes, I did. I interned, and I also substituted here but I never taught full-time other than to open a two-year-old nursery school, uh, which was the first in the county at that point in time. And I did that for two years.
0: Let's talk about that two-year-old. I and mean, that's, that's pretty interesting.
1: Well, actually, I had a two-year-old. I had an 18-month-old and who uh, was five and a half years younger than her brother, and it was ready to go to school, and there wasn't anything. So, And a lot of people, I found, were in the same situation. So in Pinellas County, you could avoid the licensing, the daycare licensing, if you only kept children for two hours. So I convinced First Methodist Church to let me come in there and start this two-year-old program, and we ended up with two groups of eighteen children each, uh, and it was hectic. It was two hours of a, of a lot of activity. Very, they're they're very active, right? But so, it, it was very successful.
0: So this part, this this kind of leads me down a path with you because as I kind of did some research, you can see that you had this entrepreneurial spirit. You had a way of kind of looking at something differently and trying to figure out a solution, and so. You got out of the teaching profession and decided to go into retail. Let's talk about that a little bit. What what did that look like?
1: I did. I had a friend who had a tennis shop at the end of Central Avenue in St. Petersburg, and I decided I wanted to sell children's clothes. And so she let me come down there and, and kind of oversee what she did for a while. And then I leased a Victorian house, which has since been torn down in downtown Clearwater. Again, right down right a block away from the First Methodist Church. And painted red tulips on it, and it was called Ally's, which was the name of my daughter. Uh, and it was high-end children's clothing, and we had that for five years, I believe. So it was a great experience because you learned how to how to market is what you really learned. Because since it was an out-of-the-way location, you had to bring people there. So we did crazy things. Like we one time, we had this giant valentine cut out of wood and had it, all the kids sign it, and we sent it to the president of the United States. So we did all kinds of crazy things. So. Anything we could. So I, I kind of led into my marketing in real estate.
0: I was going to say, yeah, that really that ability really transferred well into what you do now. Correct. So there had to be some moment. I In, in all the sessions I've done on, on, on the podcast, there's always this moment. Something happens where real estate comes calling. What happened with you?
1: <laughs> well, first of all, if you want to go back to really far with selling, I was an asthmatic child. And asthmatic children stayed home a lot when they were uh, little because there wasn't a lot of medicine for them. So they were sick all the time. So my favorite thing to do would be to make stuff, put it in the back of the wagon, and go around the neighborhood selling it out the back of the wagon. So I started really young selling anything I could possibly sell. But as to answer your question about real estate, when I closed my shop, which was in January, I needed a job. And so I tried to get a job teaching because I had kept my certificate active. And that was when Florida had a freeze on hiring. So I substituted everywhere, even got some long-term substituting, but nobody was hiring. So come June, I thought, what in the world am I going to do? I didn't get a job for September. Uh, I got to do something. And my good friend, Liz Pogue, said, why don't you sell real estate with uh, with us at Bonnie Ruggles, um, Beachcomber Real Estate, which was a small boutique company. So I said, I cannot do that. I can't add or subtract. She'd been helping me do my books for years at the store. I said, you know that. She said, oh, you don't have to do that. There's always a calculator. So I got my license, and that's how I started. So that was my only aha moment.
0: <laughs> uh, kind of out of need or necessity. Exactly. right. That's
1: exactly right.
0: So you get into the uh, the the field. My guess is you took to it pretty quick. It, it made, you had the Actually ability not. to talk to people. Let's talk about that.
1: I did not because uh, it took six months before I had my first sale. And I could not understand how to transfer my marketing knowledge to the real estate world until finally, I know, that that was back when you had those old computers that had the holes on either side. And so it was hard to do anything really creative. And so finally, something happened, and I can't even remember what it was, that I thought, oh, that's what I can do to market to market properties or to market myself. That's really the name of the game is marketing yourself.
0: You've got to make those connections with people, right? right. And, and the only way you can do that is you've got to be out there so they know who you are and what you're Correct. doing. And so um, you've done a wonderful job with that. What was the next company you worked for after you left that company? Because you're now with Cobalt Bankers. So. Well,
1: I didn't actually leave that company. Beachcomber Real Estate was bought by Cobalt Banker. So they, we were all absorbed by Cobble Banker. So I really never left.
0: When was this? What, what time frame?
1: It's been so many years ago that I don't remember. It okay. was uh, at least 10 years ago, maybe yeah. longer.
0: So now you're with Cobble Banker. Um, they they acquired the the little boutique brokerage. You're still with Cobble Banker, which I, I think is awesome. So you've never moved around or tried out something different or a greener pasture. You've really found a company that you work with, work with well. And let's talk about today. So today you have the Thorn Collection, which is a, a, a team of people that we're actually sitting in your office. You have your own uh, building in your own office where you host and, and handle all the, the work for this team. Talk about how that team was created or what your thought process was or what, what were you doing that led you to the point where you knew this is going to be bigger than just me. I need to expand.
1: Well, this sounds redundant, but everything I've done has always been by default. So they, there was freeze on hiring. I couldn't get a teaching job, so I went into real estate. Uh, I had an 18-month-old need to go to school, so I started a preschool program. And so actually, I hired an assistant, and, which was a big step because now you have somebody depending on you. You have to make money to pay them. Uh, and I hired out of necessity. I just needed help. And so then uh, shortly after that, someone that I had worked with at Beachcomber came back into real estate and wanted to work with somebody. And so that became my first team member, so to speak. And there was never any plan. It just grew. I, the, really, the only plan I ever had is when I moved into this office. And it grew out of just necessity and good people that wanted to come and join me. So, it, But when I moved into this office, I had to have a plan. And, that was, and at that point in time was when I expanded the team. We had really only been four people originally.
0: Right. So how many people do you have on the team now?
1: There are 10 of us that are salespeople, and there are four employees.
0: And once again, you still have that requirement of kind of managing and taking care of all of this whole thing. Do you talk about that process? Because I think that many realtors are independent contractors, have that entrepreneurial want to be their own boss kind of a thing and are not looking forward or kind of thinking about managing other people. How has that been for you?
1: managing people is a big part of, it, of the job um, and it's it's being there when everybody needs you and, and being pulled in different directions yet still selling real estate still being the rainmaker so it's it's just um, it's just time consuming and then you just again you learn by you uh, read read articles you you know take classes and, and take as many seminars as you can to try to learn how to deal with the different situations that come up and we meet every Wednesday, and we're a pretty transparent group. We discuss everything. There's rarely a time where we have something that can't be solved among ourselves.
0: And you brought in people that fit the, the, the model, that fit the culture of what you're trying to put together. I mean, that's a big part of that, right?
1: True. But, uh, but again, that was all pretty much accidental. Uh, everybody that's come into this group has been recommended to me and by different people. So, uh, you know, and through that, they just happen to fit the culture. You know, and happen to have the same work ethic. That's the biggest thing is having the same work ethic. Okay.
0: You're, uh, you're based in, I'm going to call, we're in Bel Air. Is that where we're at right now?
1: Correct. But yeah. we sell all the way up to Tarpon and we sell in South Tampa. We have a South Tampa agent. We sell in St. Petersburg. So we're all over the county. We, uh, we used to be mainly Bel Air, but when we expanded, we stopped doing just that. And now we're all over the county. We have an office in Dunedin as well.
0: So that's part of that, expanding the team is bringing in the people that are specialists maybe in a different area Correct. that know these other places that can sell in Clearwater Beach or St. downtown St. Petersburg, right? Yes. For the listeners that are outside of this area, how do you describe to somebody, say up, up north, who maybe is thinking about coming down here, how do you describe this part of the Gulf Coast to people? You know what What's the way you kind of let people know where, where we're at?
1: Well, I think the main thing is the beaches. And most people that come here uh, know know this area. They're, they've come here on purpose, and so you really don't. It's a pleasure to show them because there's so much here to show. So our first initial uh, tour of the area is very easy because most of them are very. With the internet now, they're very specific about where they want to be, so you, it eliminates a lot of that guessing that you used to have. So now you can just drive them around and show them what's what's gorgeous about the area, but mostly the beaches.
0: Can you tell me how important relationships are and what you do here with the Thorn Collection? Well,
1: that's 100% of the deal. That's having a relationship with somebody and having repeat business. We have a tremendous amount of repeat business. Um, But having those kind of relationships and building relationships and being there when people need you, uh, to me, is is 100% of the deal.
0: Now I also know though that you're not just ignoring, you know, what's happening in the world of technology, the internet. You've got people on staff who are taking care of social media stuff and who are helping try to find, you know, new um, sources of business as well. So you're not completely ignoring that. But I feel that as I talk to you, that it's the sphere-based stuff that's most important. This other stuff, we we'll want to make sure we're not missing anything. There is that an accurate assessment? That's correct.
1: Yeah, your sphere of influence, the people that you see weekly and daily, those are the ones you have to keep up with on a personal basis, on a one-on-one basis, but your the social media is critical because you always need to keep improving that sphere of influence.
0: Part of your um, sphere building comes from your giving back to the community. You're involved in multiple charities around the county. Let's talk about a couple of those, the ones that are near and dear to your heart.
1: Well, RCS, which is Religious Community Services, which makes sure that nobody goes hungry, that nobody goes homeless and that no one, uh, no one stays in an abusive situation is one of my favorite charities. And we've done fundraiser this year for them where um, I had my daughter-in-law, who's Melissa Francis from Fox News, come down and she spoke. And it was very successful and very, great awareness for, for RCS. And then my other one is pediatric cancer. And we every year, we, we did a huge fundraiser about three years ago on a calendar I uh, am made over $100,000, netted over $100,000, but now on a smaller scale, every September we do a lemonade stand in the front of the store, in the front of the office, and our children and grandchildren come and operate it, and we raise in two hours about 16000 16, I think we raised 20000 last year. And we give that back to the children. And, and last will, year, Hulk Hogan came and at, did a guest spot for us, which was nice.
0: And that's going to continue this year, I'm sure. Yes, that's going to be a regular septem- thing. That act. will be
1: in September this year. Awesome. We've been doing that for the last three years.
0: As far as the relationships that develop out of those kinds of activities, my guess is you would probably recommend to other realtors, don't be afraid to get involved. Find something that you're passionate about in the community, that there's opportunity there to not only help, but to also build those relationships that help can help your business down the road.
1: It is, but ours is really just to give back. You know, when everybody in my group does give back. We all uh, we provide fruit for the pack a snack uh, program uh, every week, and we each take turns doing that when, during the school year. And so we all have something where we give back. Everybody has their own individual items as well, because that's what's critical to me. We've been very successful, and we need to give back to
0: the community. Excellent. Let's talk about what's on the horizon for, uh, for your team. What's what's next for the Thorn Collection?
1: Well, if you're talking about immediately, we're all going to a conference in St. Louis. The entire sales team is on Sunday. Uh, it's a three-day conference that I got involved with about four years ago, and it's the top 125 producers throughout the country that get together once a year. Uh, so we're all doing that. One of the things that I think, I guess, as the education in me feels is important is that you stay educated. You stay stimulated. You stay on top of the market. We read a book together uh, about every six weeks. And so anything we can to get educated. So we are all going to this conference to kind of see what's new and that's where we'll plan for the next year from the things that we learned there. So as far as down the road, what do I see? Uh, increased sales. That's what I like. Increase inventory and increase sales. Inventory is low right now, but and the sales are strong, but they've kind of tapered a little bit uh, so it's just to keep sales up because running all this is, makes a lot of income.
0: Right. You got to keep busy. You got to keep everyone moving down the same path, right? Correct. Yeah, yes. that. You know, I've had you here almost the half hour. I asked you for So I'm going I know you're busy. So I, my final question I've asked every guest on the podcast, if you could give one piece of advice to a new agent, just getting started, what would it be?
1: You have to spend money to make money. And none of them think that. That's one of the reasons I find a lot of people go into real estate because they think it doesn't cost them anything. But you will not make a lot of money unless you spend some money doing it. Uh, so you have to really make sure that you brand yourself. You have to be out there. You need to be doing open houses. But really, the most important thing is to spend. you have to spend money to make money. And I'd say get an assistant as quickly as you can.
0: Right. So you're, you're telling me I can't just become a part-time realtor and make a ton of money? That's not just how it works?
1: doesn't work that way. <laughs> but how many times have you heard that, right? <laughs> a thousand.
0: <laughs> right. Everybody thinks that's the same. Martha, if somebody wants to reach out to you and get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? On my cell phone.
1: What?
0: 727-432-9019. Martha, thank you so much for taking some time this, this afternoon to, to uh, talk to the Real Estate Sessions podcast and our, our audience. I appreciate it and continued success here with, with what you're thank building. Thank you very
1: much. I appreciate it. Nice to be with you.